He goes on to say then, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. So he's telling us we have a choice. And a lot of people who are angry don't feel like they have a choice. I think in rage, uh, it just it just bubbles out of them. But when we choose to set our hearts with Christ, or set our hearts and minds above. Welcome everyone to podcast number 154, Renew Your Mind. With us today, we have Senior Pastor Paul Gruenberg. We have Associate Pastor Jeremy Teru. We also have our contemporary music leader, Jordan Kettlewell, and myself, Dana Hall, as the moderator. Today, we want to talk about, we're on the topic of anger. Um, we want to ask the question, how can we keep from being angry? Keep from being angry. So I, I, I'm going to skinny that down a little bit. How can we keep from being unrighteously angry? Because I think righteous anger is, in God's eyes, would be fitting depending upon the circumstances. Uh, we ended last podcast talking about um, children and uh, how Jesus was really upset when the disciples kept the children from him and uh, said that we must approach life as uh, like little children, I think with awe and wonder. Mm -hmm. And if anyone were to keep a child from Jesus, he would tie a millstone around their neck and toss them in the sea. That's mm -hmm. pretty final. Yeah. But then, so how can we keep from being angry? I think the, the simple thing may be just to live like a child, to live with awe and wonder of God, uh, you know, when our focus is on God, it's not on the world. Uh, that's that's in part, uh, I think, an answer to that question. Mm -hmm. If we want to live righteously, we have to live like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And Paul is really good about giving us rules for holy living or telling us how we should order our lives. And so when you look, uh, Colossians 3, 5 um, he's got this whole chapter on rules for holy living. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earth's things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So the first thing we need to do is count to ten. Right. Keep your mouth quiet, shut. <laughs> yeah. What was the Proverbs? Uh, a fool is seem, deemed wise as long as he keeps his mouth shut. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so the first thing we need to do is focus in on what is what does God want for us. If our hearts and minds are set above, right, with Christ, then. Let's see, above on not on earthly things. So you're you're making a choice to for me the question was, all right, so this is the story. A long time ago, I asked God um, at at a point when I had uh, come to know Jesus, I said, God, I want to see your people through your rose-colored glasses. That was my prayer. And since then, I am able to 
am able to more see what's going on through those rose-colored glasses because I choose to. When I choose to take them off, if I choose to say, okay, God, I don't want to see it from your perspective anymore, I can get angry. Uh, everyone can get a little bit unrighteous or angry, you know, hateful, spiteful, all of the things that we say we don't want to be as Christians, backbiting, you know, gossiping, all of those types of things, slander, uh, gluttony, um, slothfulness, pride, all of those things. But I choose to look through life through God's lenses. And that sets my heart up above where Christ is. And then in verse five, he goes on to say, then put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. So he's telling us we have a choice. And a lot of people who are angry don't feel like they have a choice. I think in rage, uh, it just it just bubbles out of them. But when we choose to set our hearts with Christ or set our hearts and minds above, then we have to get rid of something. It's like that hot air balloon. If you're going to rise, you have to fill the balloon with helium, which helps it to rise. So if we are filled with the Spirit, that allows us to rise with Christ. But if we're not going to rise with Christ, then we're allowing the Spirit very little room in our life, and that means something else is taking over. And Paul says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. And then he lists another set of things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and in the well, knowledge in the image of the creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, and he goes on. So he is telling us that we have to choose to put off some things. That's the count to 10, right? I'm going to count to 10 because I'm not going to become angry. I'm not going to become whatever it is, uh, the evil desires that dwell within us. And then he goes on to say, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so there's that next stage you put away, but then there's that next level. You got to start forgiving, right? Mm -hmm. Put but on compassion. You need help? Well, that's, that's, where, <laughs> that's where God gives us community, right? Yeah, but and I think... Oh, sorry, help ahead. from community and God. Well, so... If you right. know the truth, right, the truth sets you free. That's where you would ask God to, to allow, help, ask God to help you put away or get rid of that, mm -hmm. which is not pleasing to him. And then at that same moment, you have to ask God to fill you with your Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So 
you don't want to leave a vacuum mm-hmm. in which something else can come in. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to leave a vacuum for only the Holy Spirit to come in mm-hmm. to see God through rose or to see as God sees, and the compassion and the love just just it just bubbles up. Yeah, because the the work of or the um, the new self described in Colossians three ten, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. creator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The new birth and sanctification that follows that's all God's grace. That's that's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. So, like Pastor Paul is saying, don't leave a vacuum. Ask God to fill you with His Spirit and to sanctify you mm-hmm. and to supernaturally remove these the sinful nature and the desires from your life that's Mm -hmm. really what sanctification is like actually make me holy in my thoughts actions and words Mm -hmm. take the sin out of my life by your power and you know also position yourselves to receive god's grace through you know various means of grace that he gives us being in his word being in prayer Mm -hmm. public worship um, fasting, receiving the sacraments. These are all kind of Wesleyan things that he would call means of grace for our, our Methodist friends, which is probably most people listening right now. Um, but, and another one, Pastor Paul talked about being in community is what Wesley called Christian conferencing, which what he meant by that was really class and band meetings, which were small group relationships. Mm-hmm. And so God works powerfully through those, those small group relationships where you can confess to one another that you're struggling with anger, that you're struggling with other sins, and you can pray for each other that you might be healed, like James 5.16 instructs us to do. Um, But the work of God and the Holy Spirit is what's actually going to change your nature. And that's what's, so that's really what's key in in day-to-day, like, am I an Mm. angry person? Not am I angry about this thing. Mm. You know, being a new person in Christ and having the Holy Spirit change your nature—that—that's what—that's uh, what can help being an angry person. You know, there's there's going to be anger, right? There's things in life that we're just not going to like. Um, somebody's going to say a thing. Somebody's going to do a thing. We're, there's going to be there's going to be anger. Um, but the but changing your nature to where you're no longer an anger angry person through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, that really, I mean, that's the most effective way to deal with those isolated instance, instances of anger. Um, you know, because if you're if you're not an angry person who's constantly struggling in turmoil of your own brokenness and, and all the just just the mess, right? The mess that is the world and our lives. Um, then that isolated instance that makes you angry is easier to deal with. Um, think of it like a like a uh, like a wound, okay, on your arm. So, if I were to take a toothpick and just prick my arm, that's not going to affect me much. Even if it draws blood, I'm like, oh, that that hurt a little bit. But let's say my arm is sliced open and I now have a gaping wound there, and I prick that with a toothpick. That prick with the toothpick now is pretty dramatic. That hurts mm-hmm. really bad. So when we're when we're living yeah. life as an angry person, every isolated instance of anger. Is more intensified. Yeah, you're just so sensitive to right, it. Right, yeah. you become a raw nerve, and that's where being restored through the Holy Spirit and, mm. and uh, getting away from a life of anger mm-hmm. really um, is 
the best long-term coping mechanism for anger. But I do want to also touch on the question, Dana, um, I guess from, from a different standpoint, which, you know, those are all excellent. Those are the long-term cures, right? Um, and I guess I'm more answering this, I guess, trying to think of from the perspective of our listeners who I'm sure are all Christians um, that might be thinking, you know, yeah, I, I know the Bible verses and, and I pray, but I still got this thing going on where I'm, I'm just really angry. You know, how, how can we address that? If you, if you're already, if you're already in the word, right. It, it doesn't make us immune from anger. It's still mm-hmm. going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I guess to, to anybody in that boat, that's, that's thinking like, I, you know, I get it. I pray and I have read the scriptures and it still just doesn't, it doesn't, it really doesn't take the anger away. I think the, the big one for me, um, pastor in the, in the passage that you read was humility. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you really want to, in the moment, try to, try to uh, subside your anger with a person or a situation. Humility is, as silly as it sounds, is the key to that. It's, it's putting your own, putting your feelings secondary. Mm. That's mm-hmm. humbling yourself, is no longer considering yourself the most important mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. That is, by definition, humility. When you do that, you can see the picture more clearly, mm-hmm. and you can get some balance. It doesn't mean that what somebody did to wrong you is right, but it can at least give you the scope to forgive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you just humble yourself yeah. and don't consider yourself the most important thing. Yeah, and I think part of that humility, too, is realizing that you're not perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, I'm not perfect either. I have mm-hmm. my flaws and sins and things, and that can put you in a, a more humble positioning as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with that, putting on humility, becoming more humble, uh, Paul goes on to say, let the peace of Christ. So these are the things you can add. So we've talked about putting off. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. You know, there's something about being thankful Mm -hmm. that puts somebody in a uh, proper perspective. (laughs) I'm thankful I'm not like you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but be thankful and let the word of- say that out loud. (laughs) Yeah. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. You know, one of the things that I think we miss as a society is that we've got all of the, people are moved by music. You know, you could ask somebody, what was the song that you, uh, that you and your spouse consider your song? And it's some song that just, and reflecting on it, it brings joy into your heart. And and we've got some angry music out there. We've got, mm. it doesn't matter whether it's country, rock, uh, classic rock. Um, what else is there? Heavy metal, um, death metal. Uh, there's some music out there that really is mm. um, spiteful, hurtful put you in a just a wrong place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why don't we why don't we fill our our hearts and minds with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart towards God? Mm-hmm. Why don't we fill our time with the helpful, the uplifting, the things that set our minds on Christ instead of listening to stuff that is you know just hard driving and there are places for that probably Mm 
and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Mm-hmm. If we were to do everything with thankfulness in our hearts to God, that would stop us in our tracks. Is this mm-hmm. this is gonna be is this gonna be uh, can I give thanks to God for doing this? You know, is this what God would want me to mm-hmm. do? It's the what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. the humility, man, so important to put others above yourself. Um, if you can do that, then you get to step, like you said, you get to step away from any right. range. It's, and it, it's yeah. humility and gratitude. Are, humility and gratitude are, are are such a perfect combination for the subject of anger, because if you yeah. live a life in humility, knowing that you are not the most important thing, and gratitude, then your outlook toward everything is basically, I'm thankful for everything that I have because mm-hmm. I'm entitled to nothing and I deserve nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, that sounds a little extremely self-deprecating, but um, but really, we are, we're entitled to nothing. We're owed nothing, and we, we deserve nothing. We, I mean, that's really the truth. And God, everything that we get is just a blessing from mm-hmm. God. So mm-hmm. if we live, that, live a life in that space of humility and gratitude, what is there to be angry about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can you stay angry? If you're just thankful for everything that's around you, yeah, that's right. I, I, a long time ago, I read a devotional that stuck with me, and the, the key message of the that devotional was, if you are filled with gratitude, it's impossible for you to have a bad attitude. Hmm. And I've thought about that, and I've reflected on it, and I, I think that's true. If you are filled with Mm -hmm. gratitude, focused on gratitude, how can you also be filled with anger towards somebody? I, right. They seem mutually exclusive. So mm-hmm. I love that as an antidote. To yeah. And maybe we should think about ways that, you know, how do we fill ourselves with gratitude? Is it with certain music? Is it with, you know, something visual? Is it something you need to hear? But, you know, different ways to Yeah, is to it just remembering your... what God's done for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, go back and remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a behavior. I mean, gratitude. It, it is. To start a mindset of gratitude. It's like a discipline. It is a discipline yeah. behavior mm-hmm. where you have to you have to force yourself to recognize mm-hmm. those things and be thankful for them. And then after a while, it's second nature. It just becomes who you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. On that note, I think we'll wrap up this uh, episode. So thank you, everyone, for listening. We come to you from the First United Methodist Church of Gaylord, Michigan. We're located at 215 South Center Street. Um, We have several uh, worship services. We have two on Sunday, a traditional at 9 a.m. and a contemporary at 10.45 a.m. We also have a Wednesday, uh, every other Wednesday at 7 p.m. service. We'd love to have you join us in person. Um, If you can't join us in person, you can still view us on Facebook or YouTube. Um, If you have any questions, you can Google our website um, or call the office at 989-732-5380. Thanks, everyone, for listening.